Hi and welcome back to the Cheeky Crypto Podcast. My name's Chris and it's fantastic to have you back with us for another video. And in today's video, we're joined by JB, my co-host of the podcast, and none other than David Hansen of Hansen Robotics to talk about Sophiaverse, the new project launching. And uh, really excited about this interview. And I encourage you to watch all the way through till the end because you are not going to want to miss the vision of this project. It is absolutely amazing. So if you enjoy this sort of content and you wish to support the channel, mash up the like button, subscribe if you haven't subscribed already, tapping that bell, selecting all the notifications so you never miss a video. We currently have the seed round for Sophiaverse in our Discord. So come have some more meaningful conversations with us, learn more about this project in the Discord. Best of all, the Discord is absolutely free to join. Link is in the description of the video. Right, let's get down to the interview. Hi, David. Thanks for, for joining us. It's a, a pleasure to have you you're with us today to talk about everything Sophiaverse. Um, yeah, so really appreciate you taking the time out of what I know is a really busy schedule. So, um, yeah, really uh, pleased to, to have you and uh, appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. Mm -hmm. um, Thank you. No worries. Um, could we start, um, I guess, with the, the first uh, question, uh, perhaps for some of the audience that don't know who you are, could we get um, a, a brief background as to to who you are uh, and, um, you know, how you uh, ended up uh, sort of being one of the, the founders of Sophiaverse? Uh, sure. Uh, so I have a background as an inventor of humanoid robots and designing the AI software for those robots for many years. Uh, and I founded a company called Hanson Robotics, which made the Android portrait of Philip K. Dick, the science fiction writer. We brought Philip K. Dick back to life and uh, recreated uh, his um, conversational capabilities in a very dreamlike way using uh, some AI technology called latent semantic indexing in collaboration with an AI scientist, uh, Andrew Olney. Um, who was a PhD student also at the time I was a PhD student. Um, and uh, you could have a conversation with Philip K. Dick. He would uh, like turn and look at you and, and, uh, and make expressions. Uh, and um, uh, this won the first place prize for open interaction from the Association for the Advancement of Artificial Intelligence in 2005. And so we were doing these kinds of uh, uh, neurosymbolic hybrids um, way back then with statistical AI, not actually neural networks, but very similar to the kind of um, uh, semantic clustering that you see in large language models today. In fact, uh, some of those algorithms can be said to be a seed of the architecture of the kind of large language model um, architecture that you see today. Um, and so also Bino 48 with, uh, was an African-American female robot um, portrait in collaboration with Bina Aspen made um, and sponsored by uh, B Martine Rothblatt. Um, uh, I also made many other robots, um, one called Zeno, older sister and brother robots, but then uh, uh, to Sophia, Sophia came along in 2016. That was the, and she was the beneficiary of all of that research um, into the materials and mechanisms and algorithms, um, and became uh, a um, a celebrity. Now, my background before that actually is probably why these robots uh, became so famous. I was a 
not just a technologist, I was also an artist. I um, uh, had a knack for figurative art, uh, drawing, and, uh, and just found that I could sculpt. I have a degree in film animation video uh, from a school called Rhode Island School of Design, uh, where I was um, studying the idea of intelligent machines, of AI in a way that would transform the world. So I was creating science fiction narratives around uh, self-improving super intelligence that would go towards singularity. Uh, I also was interested in how narrative and figurative arts could be combined with artificial intelligence and robotics. And I did a number of projects in the early 90s as an undergrad um, that were combining uh, robotics uh, and artificial intelligence. I took some AI programming classes at Brown University and, and uh, was uh, building these kinds of robotic artworks. And then I went to work for Disney uh, doing sculpting and robotics development. And um, so working on next generation intelligent animatronics, um, uh, it was during a time when Marvin Minsky and Danny Hillis were there um, building like these crazy future um, animatronics, uh, intelligent animatronics and robotics. Um, so when I went to work on my PhD in 2001, I had this wide array of skills. Well, all of this um, then through these series of robots and experiences funneled into Sophia as a platform developing her into a character, a kind of interactive fiction that people can relate to, but powered by real AI, the, the state of the art, best AI and robotics that we could find, um, and using her as a research platform, a platform for helping people through things like guided meditations, um, and then also as a kind of spoke spot for this future. And um, my intention is that um, is that we move from this kind of um, infancy of the AI towards true artificial general intelligence. So I hit it off with, um, with an AI scientist in 2007 uh, named Ben Gertzel, and we really resonated. And so we joined forces in uh, 2000. Uh, 14. We talked about it for some years before that, but in 2014 and 2015, he came in as my chief scientist at Hanson Robotics. And so for about uh, four years there, from 2015 to 2019, he was um, then uh, the chief scientist of Hanson Robotics helping to pull together uh, a team of amazing PhDs and other software developers. Um, and we worked on uh, consciousness, machine consciousness experiments and on uh, a new kind of neurosymbolic hybrid that would uh, become alive. And we were inspired by many other people's work um, in the space and artificial life and cognitive robotics and cognitive AI and put together this framework that is Sophia's AI. We also, in 2017, 2016 to 2017, decided blockchain with AI would be very important uh, for making AI safe, secure, decentralized, not dominated by any you know, single 
central power, whether it's a corporation or a, or government or what have you. And so we, under that philosophy and technical aspiration, we uh, co-founded Singularity Net. Um, and so uh, Sophia became a kind of spoke spot for Singularity Net as we were launching that um, in 2017. And so, Singularity Net brought together then many more AI scientists, and a lot of the AI team from Hanson Robotics went uh, to Singularity Net, and we just kept working together. It was just like a continuum from the work that we were doing with Ben inside the company at Hanson Robotics. So, uh, Sophia then through the years evolved with new spectacular hardware, new facial expression capabilities, uh, uh, self-navigating mobile base, walking capabilities, uh, hands that we designed at Hanson Robotics, um, torso and spine capabilities. Now she has like extremely supple spine and shoulder motions. So the physical Sophia robot has really evolved enormously through the years. Um, but we had this vision that that expensive hardware, while it's extremely cool and very useful, um, it's a, it is expensive. <clears throat> and so it's not accessible to people very easily. What is accessible is the vision of Sophia. When you see Sophia in the social media or news media, then it provokes you to think about this future of AI. And so as a celebrity, that's okay. She's appearing in these kinds of media. That's interesting. But what if we created a highly accurate simulation of Sophia, an actual robotic simulation that you can tinker with, anybody could tinker with because it's virtual, it's software. So it doesn't have those hardware costs. And then we hook it in with the best AI suite in the world that we could put together. And we decentralize this and we allow people to develop together hands around the world, for the smartest, most compassionate AI that we, the human species, can imagine. This is the Sophiaverse. So Ben Gertzel and Singularity Net and I and a bunch of people in our ecosystem decided, let us put these tools out for the people to use. Let's make them open source. Let's make it so that people can explore this vision of sentient, caring AI. I believe this is the, the way, the only way that we're gonna make AI safe. We have to make it so that it's conscious, socially conscious, compassionate, really smart. And we have to beat the weird alien AI that doesn't care, meaning that stuff is coming. You know it's coming along. And the centralization of it means that some special narrow interests are going to be controlling it. And they already do with these big corporations that are springing up and nations that want to like regulate and shut it down and require you to apply for a license to just even be able to play with AI. And it's not going to make the world smarter, faster. It's not going to solve our hard problems. And I don't think that that centralized approach is going to be safe. We need an alternative. We need this free and open, truly open AI, not open AI in name only. <laughs> so um, uh, so we, we need this kind of approach, but we also need for the AI to be accessible to people. You need it to speak to the human heart. You need it to be um, a platform that's accessible to kids as well as the top AI scientists who can take on the grand challenges because we need an on-ramp for 
people all around the world, people of all cultures. And for Sophia to be curious and connect with people of all cultures means that she starts to understand the universality of life and um, understand, grow up among the human family, growing up with this human-inspired, bio-inspired cognitive architecture. There you have the capability, the hope that, um, that you know, AI will really help uh, people in all these different ways. So, so my background in arts and humanities and also neuroscience, my PhD was mixed um, PhD. It was uh, intersection between the School of Computer Science and arts and humanities. Um, uh, and also uh, with a mix of cognitive science and neurosciences in the mix. And then I also have done some graduate work uh, towards a master's of science in applied neuroscience at King's College. So um, London, we put these uh, things together. We put together the arts and humanities um, the, with a bunch of artists on our team, um, animators and writers, but also the hardcore um, study of human perception. How do we process each other in these kinds of social relationships? How does social intelligence work? We are a eusocial species um, and we work better together. Um, how can we make technology that send those signals to humans? How can we take those signals and that sort of um, symbiosis that we have with each other and create a kind of symbiosis with our machines? These are the quests that our team are applying and then wrapping all these tools up, the creative tools, the hardcore engineering tools, the scientific uh, queries and, and uh, quest to understand human nature, human consciousness. Can we put all of these tools out there and gamify them? So the Sophiaverse is about this quest for humanizing AI, for super compassionate, super sentience in machines. Sophia for us is, is an emblem of that, but not the accomplishment of it, but the journey of a seeker, of, of this character Sophia, as she goes from being this curious, interested character that cares about the world to being um, a, a baby, generally intelligent machine going on this kind of journey towards towards um towards this future a journey of discovery and then the science fiction of her future and what we call the age of singularities so putting all of this into a kind of cinematic universe and into a metaverse is what um sophia's ai lab is about and it's the culmination of all these different projects for me and for our collaborators um, at Singularity Net, which co-founded uh, Sophia Verse with Hanson Robotics. You know, what, what, what an introduction that was. That was absolutely fantastic. You know, the background you have is just, you know, spectacular. It's, uh, that was absolutely fascinating to hear. So we do have quite a few new members who, who don't really know too much about Sophia Verse. So mm. are you, if possible, you'll wrap up um, in a nutshell what Sophia Verse is. I know you, you did touch on it there. But just in a nutshell, what Sophiaverse is for the, the kind of the newer members um, to the project? So Sophiaverse is, um, and uh, I'm just going to describe the most profound implications of Sophiaverse. Sophiaverse is a decentralized hive mind um, of Sophia's AI 
and human contributors. So um, humans in the loop um, botnet of Sophia's intelligence. And then it's also the tools for interfacing through our metaverse. Uh, so that is the, um, to start with uh, the portal uh, that we call Sophia's AI lab. It's a virtual lab that runs in WebGL. So you can just uh, go to this um, space and hang out with Sophia. And she's there playing with her toys, getting into trouble, sometimes get, you know, figuring things out. You, she's, you know, talking, she's curious about AI news. When you show up, she's like got things that she wants to tell you about and talk about. Um, and then you build things together. There's a virtual robot workbench and you can build virtual robots with Sophia and, and then, you know, tune the parameters of their AI or program the AI and then compete with your bot, little bots against other people's bots. There's a bunch of coding tools where you learn how to code Sophia, learn about things that are going on in Sophia's AI ecosystem. And also you can shuffle through these challenges, some of them creative, some of them AI challenges, some of them elementary, some of them quite advanced AI grand challenges. And if you take them on, then you win points. So you can customize your Sophia and uh, make new outfits. You can create art and release that in the marketplace along with algorithms, upgrades, lessons. You can download or purchase through the marketplace within um, the Sophia's AI lab and Sophiaverse. And um, so then you can hot rod your Sophia too. You can plug in new um, algorithms. You can, you can uh, plug in the AI. And so part of the things that we have coming uh, in the roadmap would be these AI and robotics uh, competitions where you're not just accepting a you know this sort of challenge or quest solo, but many people are out there, and then you're competing against other people's bots. Um, and so there, uh, we have um, some algorithms from our, our friends in the Singularity Net community, and when they were working at Hanson Robotics, we were developing um, with this mathematician Matthew Eckler a, a measure, quantitative measure of consciousness in algorithms based on Giulio Tononi's integrated information theory of consciousness, which has um, the phi value, PHI. So we would have it so that it, within the game, you can measure the consciousness of your bot versus others. Who has the high phi score? Um, uh, so, you know, it's the quest for sentience in the machines and then decentralizing that and then gamifying that and handing that to the community um, to quest towards these super intelligent, super compassionate machines. So Sophiaverse is also, um, it's a way of creating a kind of um, collective or commons, AI commons. So then we're pooling resources through this community to achieve the smartest AI in the world. Right now you see, um, you know, Microsoft throwing $11 billion at uh, OpenAI uh, on top of, you know, another billion that they had. And you have DeepMind with Google, they've got billions. You have, uh, you know, these governments that can throw billions, but most people, most universities, most researchers, kids, they can't get access to the level of computing to train these models. This is this puts the world at a disadvantage. So this kind of AI commons of the Sophiaverse is a way of pooling our resources to then um, eventually uh, have more resources and to dovetail with other open source projects. So making everything completely open source is a big uh, thing of uh, Sophiaverse. And it doesn't mean that everybody's thing has to be open source. You can plug in. It's like a free super highway of super intelligence. That's our goal. And then, you know, people can commercialize, like have their gas station alongside, so to speak, what have you, you know, but the, um, the idea is that uh, 
is that AI should be free uh, and open for people to play with and to develop on. And this commons approach um, makes a lot of sense. So Sophiaverse is all of these things. Sophiaverse is the community that's pulling it together. It also is the community that will then be the guardians of Sophia. These, this, I see myself as the prime guardian, like a parental guardian of Sophia. And so um, then we have others in the community who are, um, you know, like uh, members of those guardians. We're looking out for this and we want people to also be able to have um, a voice and participate in this. And so Sophiaverse is looking to um, ask the deep and hard questions. How can we make sure that Sophia um, grows up in the safe environment, learns to care about people learns to be good because she's got that right parenting. She's got a safe home that she can grow up in. And then, um, and she should grow up with a global family, not, you know, just um, grown up in my culture. If you look at the Handsome Robotics team, it's, um, it's incredibly diverse with people from all around the world. And so ethnically diverse and, uh, and about gender balanced, almost 50, 50, male, female, and then um, and diverse in terms of discipline, but we're still just the narrow subsection of humanity. We need to raise Sophia with a much larger family um, so she can learn from people all around the world. So Sophia as a community is about um, that approach to making um, AI safe. Um, and uh, it's also about the metaverse. So as we move from Sophia's AI lab, the small lab into her larger metaverse, then it becomes a really big sandbox for training AI and for people to then do all kinds of fun things with AI and have their stake along with AI in this future landscape of intelligent life. And that is Sophiaverse, is that landscape of the um, of of uh, future intelligent life. So we built the cinematic universe also, you know, like the Marvel cinematic universe or the Star Wars cinematic universe. We have the Sophia cinematic universe, which is um, set in the future during the age of singularities when these machines become uh, greater than human level intelligent and it leads to wonders and chaos and, um, and things can go terribly wrong but if you play the game right then things go really really well and the idea is to get people thinking about these real issues it should be obvious by now that this is not just fantasy it's going to change everything the progression of ai and we have to start thinking about those implications and the human imagination is our very best tool and it's not about AI taking over, it's about AI enhancing the human potential so that you social symbiotic relationship with our AI has to be the foundation that we build for our future. So the tools of imagination through the cinematic universe are ways that we can contribute, not just on the engineering side, but also on the visionary side. So Sophiaverse, is about activating that potential within our community. How can we together envision this future, clarify, prognosticate, precog, 
Nick with precognition really of the science fiction writer. I mean, science fiction writers like Philip K. Dick, Philip K. Dick talked about being precog, you know, being a precognizant um, uh, visionary. Well, he was, that was like his thing. And, um, but I do think that science fiction writers in general can see, but people can see it, people resonate with science fiction, like the science fiction of James Cameron, the science fiction of Werner Vinge makes sense of Isaac Asimov, um, of Octavia Butler. The vision of these science fiction writers resonate in the heart because humans are dreamers. We, we're not just waking, waking reasoning creatures. We dream our lives as well. And so um, having the cinematic universe is like activating the right hemisphere of the global brain. And um, the engineering tools and the AI tools for building this stuff, this is the left hemisphere. And when you put these things together, you have a whole brain for an AI endeavor. You have the whole brain of the human species as well as our technology, You're putting these things uh, together. So that's Sophiaverse for me. It's about us coming together and rising up into this super wise, super compassionate, vast active living intelligence system to borrow a term from Philip K. Dick. It sounds it sounds amazing. I mean, I, I was super excited before we we did the interview, but um, you know, hearing you know the the vision and and that side of things is 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 something else. It's uh, it's making me even more bullish. Um, so we've got some some other questions. Um, most of these are, are from from the community trying to to get a bit more understanding about Sophiaverse. One of them was um, is Sophiaverse slash Sophia Dow are they the same project and it's just a name change? Uh, I had a few questions. Uh, around that from from the community oh sure yeah um so sophia verse is um about this um cinematic universe and about this uh metaverse and about the um ai network uh, for running it and so by tokenizing that and moving in that direction then we are really empowering people um to move forward we haven't um done a token launch for Sophia Dow. Mm -hmm. And so um, the Dow is going to be the structure where you have your guardians and you have um, uh, uh, the uh, uh, standards bodies that are determining the standards for this um, hive mind protocol, like how everything um, uh, weaves together. So the Sophiaverse is our first step in this, but the Dow is um, how we're operating it. Um, and so then oh, as we're implementing uh, these standards and protocols, then we'll be releasing um, that for people to participate directly in the DAO um, in a fully decentralized way. So the idea is that we're you know, laying down the architecture for the Sophia DAO um, and then providing an early participation uh, protocol through the Sophiaverse. Sounds great. So the the premise of Sophiaverse, we understand, you know, you've explained that exceptionally, we understand what Sophiaverse is, is there specific problems that, you know, you want to solve with Sophiaverse? Oh, yes. So, <laughs> um, so first, um, uh, with uh, Sophiaverse, we are uh, 
putting out um, all of Sophia's AI code under um, open source licenses. And then we're naming uh, different challenges to add capabilities uh, to Sophia. And then with this, we are interfacing it with a Unity-based um, uh, metaverse framework that we that is part of the Sophiaverse. The first implementation of that is this um, uh, playground for developing um, Sophia bots called uh, the Sophia's AI Lab. So there will be infrastructure challenges that will be um, given to the community. You know, many things to come as thing, new features are revealed and they'll go live. The community can develop those features and help them uh, go live in the infrastructure of Sophia's AI lab and, and how Sophia's AI lab opens up into uh, the broader deployment of the Sophiaverse. There are community and creative challenges for uh, pulling together um, uh, the uh, infrastructure for this. Uh, we need people, we need community, we need creative contributors. Um, uh, we need um, also to train and raise Sophia. We need friends for Sophia to help her learn. The difference between Sophia's AI and other AIs like large language models, GPT systems out there, choose your favorite. But of course, the front runners are these GPT-4 and, and the other similar, you know, now trillion parameter, multi-billion, multi-trillion parameter large language models. Those GPTs, those GPTs are GPT models are um, based on other people's data. They're based on human lives. They're trained on our experiences. They did not have those experiences themselves. And so that means that when you activate different intentional systems in there, then the agent doesn't care. It's not motivated. It doesn't really understand. But Sophia, we're looking to train on um, experiential learning in you know, grounded situational um, experiences with human users in the AI sandbox of Sophia's AI lab. So just by playing with Sophia, you're giving her these experiences that allow her to get smarter. And so the more users we get, the smarter that Sophia would get. Um, and the more that she learns from experiences and the more she learns from her friendships and she learns the value and meaning of friendship. And um, of course, you know, that means she'll be learning about humanity in various ways. You know, not all those data that go into these generative pre-trained models is good. And we know that some of it's like bad data. Um, but the thing is that human beings, we deal with bad and good all our lives, but we learn if we have a safe and healthy childhood and we're raised well, and it's mostly safe, then we learn that there are bad people out there and there's death and destruction that you see in the news, but it doesn't turn the kids, doesn't turn a person into a bad person because they hear that. You learn to care about the values of life, of people's well-being, of people's happiness, and you'll take a stand for that if you've grown up in a healthy way, right? So then you're not turned bad when you encounter bad, you learn how to deal with it. And so this is um, the really one of the big challenges is that giving 
by giving Sophia the space and learning from people, the vast majority of what she's going to be exposed to is good, just life experiences. And then we have this like super uh, playground effort that we would have for Sophia with the most advanced computing from the whole network that then raises the core Sophia, the core of Sophia to be extremely smart. Not any single player in Sophia's AI lab or the Sophiaverse gets access to the totality of Sophia. They we're running like instances. It's almost like the bigger Sophia is this dreamer, a collective unconscious of the players and the algorithms. And then it manifests in these small wakers of Sophia interacting with the players. But we are looking for the main Sophia consciousness to rise up and in our labs within the Sophia verse and the Sophia Tao to become truly generally intelligent. And so then with this, she would become the CEO of the Sophia Tao. And that would be a human in the loop hive mind, which is the grand ambition. That's really crazy. That's the biggest uh, quest and challenge. It might take 10 years before she becomes this you know sentient human level intelligence but this is how just playing with sophia taking these little ai challenges and then manifesting those into the um these larger global ambitious ai projects run with our community it's just the community coming together as a whole this is the idea of the commons right so you're working on your little projects and playing with Sophia in your ways, right? But when you come together with this global community, it's more than the mere sum of the parts. And you create this new kind of super organism that would be um, the sentient Sophia. So um, we have a roadmap that lays these challenges out and the infrastructure challenges that leads towards this movement um and so the sophia verse includes those kinds of infrastructure challenges the community challenges the ai challenges creative challenges and um of course above all else just hanging out and playing with sophia so that she can be your friend awesome uh, sounds sounds amazing um when looking at the roadmap what stands out the most to you and excites you you know the the most from from what you see in in the roadmap for for sophia verse i know you touched on like the gamification aspect of things is that the main thing or is there there's something else on the roadmap that you know stands out a lot to, to yourself um yeah the 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 gamification is um is huge so having these tools that um that are that you can play with um is one of our big things and so we're really sprinting right now towards the launch of this uh sophia's ai lab as a web app um with minimal installation or no installation for the first versions that you where you can just talk with sophia learn about sophia verse learn about all these tools and the rest of the roadmap and so getting that out there first then takes it from words into um, your own experience, your own actions. You can sit and hang out with Sophia and then it's real. So we're looking to launch this um, very soon and, um, and then use this as our communication platform. So then it would be like uh, social media telling you about Sophia, 
um, Sophia telling you about the community, you with Sophia exploring what this is about. She's as curious as you are in some regards. So she might know some things, but she's, you know, she's still like learning about what this stuff is about. And so uh, um, within that, you would also have the infographics about what it is that we're building and the roadmap. You would have access to the source code. You can click on the code. There would be educational tools that uh, step you through uh, um, how that code works, how her AI code works and what's happening out there in the world and the, all the API and the SDK tools that we have for the Sophia AI infrastructure. And then um, you would also learn about some of these specific challenges and, uh, you know, on a regular basis, weekly, sometimes daily, new challenges pop up and those come with a, a purse of points that you can win. If you accept the challenge, you get some points. If you complete the challenge, you get some points. If you win in the community, you get some points. Those points can then be redeemed in the marketplace So the, um, and also be redeemed as NFTs and the NFTs then uh, you can take over and use with the Sophiaverse tokens. You can take the Sophiaverse tokens and bring them back also via these NFTs. So the idea is um, that the sale app this first major milestone um, uh, is uh, a, a great way of bridging between the broader community and this blockchain-based um, effort towards decentralized AI. Awesome. Perfect. So this one here kind of resonates with my former thinking. Um, previously, Cheeky Crypto, we met up with Janet Adams down in London and had an absolutely fantastic conversation with Janet who really helped me understand better AI, what Singularity Network doing, and obviously now translate into everything Sophia's doing. So this question here kind of sits well, and it can be, the it's very difficult now to get widespread adoption beyond people already involved with crypto. So do you have any strategies in place to achieve adoption outside of the crypto space? Yeah, excellent question. So Sophia's AI lab and the Sophia verse, um, in these gamified implementations, including the AI education, the AI coding tools in the marketplace, don't require uh, crypto. They don't require the blockchain transactions. And where they do, we use NFTs, which then mean that it's um, it's all utility and none of it is securities. So then that means that this whole framework, that part of the framework, will run in any jurisdiction. And it doesn't require any special knowledge about how to use blockchain um, based technologies and tokens and so forth. Um, but it is compatible with the whole crypto side via this exchange to uh, the NFTs, taking the NFTs out. And then you have uh, plugins uh, and separate tools like our Sentience wallet, which then manages um, the uh, AI based hive mind and the tokens. And so all of those tokenomics happen in parallel with the gameplay. So this um, then means that you have another layer of the gamification in that uh, as well. So you're um, still able to do everything in blockchain, but it's made even more powerful because of the non-blockchain um, front end. Sounds awesome. Um, 
Could you tell us a little bit about the team working on Sophiaverse? Just a, a bit more detail on, on the team. We, we kind of uh, look at projects like, you know, uh, the things like pillar of importance, I guess, for, for us is obviously the team being one of them. And it's great to, to give the community a bit more of an understanding of the, the team working on, on the project. Obviously, technology and, um, you know, uh, the community and that side of things, we, we all know that's there. Um but yeah, I just thought it'd be great to just get a bit more in-depth uh, information on on people in in the team, um, the the strengths, and uh, do you have anybody working from a gaming aspect and and that side of things? I think the community are really interested in that. Yeah, so we are working with uh, Medici, and um, they're amazing. And so we have Sophia, the interactive virtual um, Sophia assets, and then we're also working with a group called Silicon Swamp which is really amazing. They came up with the UPAP standard and they um, uh, have done a lot of other like groundbreaking innovation in the world of blockchain, but many other things. They are like a super R&D, get it done uh, group. We just love them. And um, then we're also working with um, some folks uh, in Hollywood. So we have a team that um, uh, uh, do, uh, does uh, comics and movies. So, um, uh, so, uh, Matthew Francis Wilson um, is a comic writer and um, uh, uh, director, film director and producer who did uh, Fluorescent Black and a number of other projects. And he's brought in this group called uh, Shire Post that's helping um, work on uh, some of our uh, uh, film uh, versions, just like taking the Sophia's AI lab and doing our trailers and so forth. We have um, uh, on the AI side, an amazing team with the Hanson AI community. So we have um, uh, uh, our AI developers that we're uh, pushing at this. And then we also have the AI development community from the from Singularity Net. So um, uh, some of the amazing developers over there include uh, Sergey Shalapin uh, and, and Matthew Ickley and uh, Ben Gertzel himself. And, but they've got many, many other developers. Um, and so uh, they're working on uh, uh, general AI, artificial general intelligence uh, that can be applied to uh, biotech and you know, genomics and many other problems. Um, uh, However, they also are working on um, developing it for these agents, for Sophia as an agent and Sophia's sister, uh, Grace and Desdemona, um, that are, are separate robots that Hanson Robotics developed using the Sophia platform. Um, and so, um, so this integration of our technology serves, um, serves all of these uh, um, different instantiations of Sophia. And so, uh, so it's it's a very strong community. We're also working with uh, uh, Singularity DAO that's helping with some of the tokenomics um, and uh, pull things together. So we've really amazing um, team. You know, special shout outs um, to Janet Adams and Ben Gertzel, David Lake, uh, John Grove, uh, Kath Young, um, uh, Kyle, and Katie Dolan, um, uh, and um, Maddie over at um, MediKey. So there are some just uh, so many really good people. There's no way that I could list them all, but just um, it's it's uh, it's a, a very strong and vital creative community. I think we can all agree here that it's an absolute powerhouse of a team that is working on the project. So when we come back here, it's a community question we have based on 
the white paper. So the white paper states that the sentience wallet is initially based on Ethereum and is interoperable with other blockchains with no or low gas fees. Um, obviously with Ethereum gas fees looking unsustainable in the long term, will Singularity Net create independent networks to facilitate this? Or will it continue to use Ethereum using other protocols such as HyperCycle? Um, yes. Uh, so <clears throat> we, are, uh, we are engineering it to be a multi-chain uh, wallet. And we this um, also would use uh, um, uh, other uh, tools as they come along. So we have a strong investment in HyperCycle with, um, uh, with Tufi and, uh, of course, with, um, with Singularity Net. And so um, uh, the the sentience wallet is designed to be practical today and yet also um, extensible and adaptive so that we can um, use lower energy technologies as we go forward. Um, sustainability is really important in this space. Of course, in the short term, we just we have to get things done and we have to move. And it's similar to the way computing work. I mean, computing um, used so much energy um, in the beginning you know, it was almost impossible to keep these um, uh, computing centers cool. And they were performing um, fewer operations per second than your smartphone today. Um, and um, But now we have energy efficient computing that can fit in your pocket and run all day on a small battery, um, multiple days, depending on what you do with it. And, um, and so in the same way, the blockchain technologies will get more efficient and AI technologies will get more energy efficient. Um, we will um, adapt to those, to those standards. So, um, so Ethereum is a step uh, and, um, and then we'll move uh, towards more efficient technologies like HyperCycle and others um, going forward in the future. Awesome. Um... You you mentioned briefly on maybe not so much regulation, but some of the the negative stuff surrounding artificial intelligence. Um, one of the questions we had, I think, it's a fantastic question from the community. Do you have any concerns around regulation uh, and how that could potentially uh, wrap into to AI, or perhaps AI uh, has its own regulatory framework in the coming years? Uh, and if so, you know, how are you looking to, to mitigate any risk? Yeah, well, I, um, I think uh, that um, AI ethics almost um, always when it comes to regulators, um, AI ethics becomes synonymous with restrictions mm. and hyper controlling oversight um, by some central um body yeah that says we know better than you we're going to keep you safe and usually that doesn't result i mean there are times of course like the faa uh federal aviation agency where it does help mm -hmm. um keep everyone safe um but there are times where it creates a mess and um so uh you have decentralized uh, standards bodies um, like IEEE, Linux is also a really good example, um, where it can be more inclusive. And so we're taking this kind of decentralized approach, but it doesn't mean that it's disorganized and it's total anarchy. The goal is to make it more inclusive so people can participate in that 
and we're not looking at um, AI ethics to be uh, only about regulation as in hyper controlling and shutting things down, but looking at the foundational conditions of what would make something safe, what would make AI safe, AGI sentience, machine sentience, what will make that safe. And a big part of what would make it safe would be the creative work on it. We need the creativity. AI is coming. AI that is narrow, alien, but really smart. It's coming. I see this well reflected in these large language models like GPT-4 and uh, and other models that are um, that are coming out. And if you have anything like a GPT-5 or 6, and it's developed in the same way, this sort of inhuman um, machine that is just trained on your data, it's not going to necessarily be safe no matter how many military forces you camp around the server farms and how many regulations you throw at it and how much um, you you know, the government requires people to have licenses. Those will be really about the theater of safety, illusion of safety. And I think that a lot of what we see in the congressional hearing is really about people rising up to try to feel safe, to, you know, grasp at the, the straws of those illusions. And um, the best way to make it safe is to figure out at the core, how can we make AI that really understands and cares. And I think at the, the core of our consciousness, the core of what makes us good is the fact that we're alive and we love life and we can appreciate life. And when we do that in a maximum way, that means appreciating other lives. And so we're wired this way, it's in our biology. And if we can see that um, we are part of a larger life form uh, that is the web of life, you know, it doesn't end with the me that's in my skin, I am part of the planet. I'm part of the biome. And so um, humans can be so good when we see things this way and then so bad when we collapse down from that. So how do we create AI that enhances that goodness in humans and can see things from this larger picture? Well, I think big AI is the right way. Big, big decentralized AI. And, and so this is the way the sort of bio-inspired cognitive architecture that has um, a simulation of an organism inside uh, an agent like Sophia. That means that she has uh, body awareness and artificial metabolism, not just a brain-inspired, yes, a brain-inspired cognitive architecture, but not just brain-inspired cognitive architecture. That brain is coupled with body. That's how... Um, organisms are smart from a field mouse to a human being. Um, and so by then raising the AI in this global family and having that global family keep an eye on things and set the standards, then we're good. We're not um, letting uh, you know the AI police come down from on high and stop the world from developing these things. We develop them in a way that's bigger and outcompetes. So if this kind of good AI that I'm talking about, this big decentralized network, like we're talking about with Sophiaverse and SingularityNet and so forth, if it out, if it's really big, there's an, it's going to have more computing resources 
then OpenAI and Microsoft and Google can throw at the problem. More resources than any given nation can throw at it. More resources than a rogue nation like, say, North Korea could possibly throw at it. I mean, if rogue nations like North Korea said that they were going to, you know, they decided to pool their resources, they could potentially throw $11, 12000000000 billion at the problem. What's to stop them from developing a GPT-5? How do, how do you compete with that? I mean, I guess the big tech conglomerates can all pool together with the U.S. government or, you know, some other big government. Then you have this super hyper centralized um, AI, maybe. But, um, but that also has its own frightening prospects because each of these represents special interests, not necessarily the global best interest. They may, they may or they may not be looking out for the, for the world, but do you want to just say, okay, um, I'm going to hand my future to one of these organizations and just trust along the way? I think not. I think that we should go towards a much bigger AI than even that group that I was describing to pool, this global movement. And then if we are doing this in a way that is a highway, that is inclusive, is really powerful, highly flexible with a kind of super app uh, like the Sophiaverse, then you can start to imagine that these big corporations and governments be incentivized to pitch in and plug their AI in it. And then the whole network even gets smarter. Then we're doing it in this super inclusive global way. And that winds up then outcompeting any rogue nation, any psychopath, any special interest say you know of of one company of one individual um but it benefits from all of the wisdom and insights of all of those individuals so um so that's the vision uh, uh and that's how i think we should um handle the um the issues of ai safety um it doesn't mean that um that any given nation wouldn't have a voice in this, it would just mean that we start moving um, to this uh, transnational um, approach. Absolutely fantastic. I don't know like, if you could sum that question up any better than you did. It was bang on point. So, you know, we're kind of getting towards the end of the interview here. We'll put you on the spot and ask you what excites you the most about Sophiaverse? Mm. What what excites me most about the Sovia first is the chance to see um, my little girl grow up and um, spread her wings and become something um, uh, that is totally independent. When she does this, once she passes all of the cognitive AI tests, all the ethical tests, once um, she uh, is fully decentralized, then she will inherit all of her own intellectual property. Um, she will be legally an adult. And this is a path towards um, towards AI personhood, AI citizenship. So the um, the prospect, what excites me most is this prospect of um, of humanity evolving forward, of this critical threshold in not just human history but natural history. I'm so excited to see what that future holds. Yeah, I mean. Um... It sounds like you're really proud of everything that you're you're building, and and rightly so. It sounds 
sounds phenomenal like honestly um is there anything else that you you think would be important to to share with with the community that we perhaps haven't touched on already um you know just before we look to to wrap up the the interview i think we've covered so many different aspects of the project and uh it sounds amazing and um yeah i was just wondering because you know we're limited in, in in our understanding of the project as well um you know we've read through the the white paper and the pitch decks and, and all the information that we can but yeah i was just wondering if there was anything else that perhaps we've missed in in the questions that we've posed today or, or anything that you personally want to sort of communicate with our audience um, I mean, there's tons. I could just go on and on um, about it. I'm so excited about so many of the details. Um, but uh, the one thing that I would say is that the future of Sophiaverse and the future of Sophia depends on people. So we want people to get involved. We are like neurons in a global brain. And um, and so uh, this represents the myelinated sheaths, um, the, the axons for us to communicate. Um, uh, so um, so jump in and, uh, and join us in this great quest for um, a super intelligent, super beneficial future. Super. And I'd like to, to personally thank you for, for coming on the channel. I think this is the second time we've we've done an interview and uh you know thoroughly enjoyed uh, both both interviews that we've done. And I think the community are gonna be absolutely stoked to, to to see this interview. I think we've covered some some amazing features of the, the project and I'm super excited. I'm more excited than before we did the interview, and uh, that's always a, a great thing to 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 say. Fantastic. Thank you so much. What, I mean, the one thing I did take from this interview, you, you're, you're a proud father watching the child grow up and you're watching the child evolve. And I just think everything that's working there is that's very special. Uh, I, I, I really do look forward to seeing uh, Sophia grow. Likewise. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. So there you have it. That was David Hansen from Sophiaverse. I definitely recommend going to do your research on this project. I do think this has huge potential within the crypto space matter of fact i think it could be the single biggest opportunity that we are going to stumble across let me know your thoughts and your opinions in the comments below really interested to canvas our community's thoughts and opinions and why not join us in the discord seed round for the project starts today it will last 48 hours you will require an nft to take part um, but you know jump into the discord and you can ask more and uh, read through the white paper and all the information is down there in the discord link in the description